Boobs and Dreams podcast, starring your excellent host, uh, me, Joshua David, and my co-host, Power Go. What's All up, right. everybody? How, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. We've been talking about doing this podcast for a while, so this is our first podcast, and uh, you know, what a better time to start than right after the draft. We've been geeking out over the, the draft for a couple of weeks now, talking all the time about this, so... You know, we, we've been really excited to kind of start this year. Yeah, this is a very historic day for us. Uh, so uh, for those of you listening out there, watching, or in whatever media fashion you see fit, remember this moment, June 28th, the day the Hoops and Dreams podcast began. So uh, should we start should of we, our empire here. Yes. Should we dig in right now? Yeah, let's start. So we're going to start off uh, – Breaking off, breaking down the lottery picks. So let's start at the top with the Minnesota Timberwolves. What did you think about that pick? Wait, before we begin everything, we would just like to let everyone know uh, we're kind of a – how would you describe our podcast? Well, this is going to be a all things basketball, mainly NBA podcasts. And we are two very big fans of basketball. Um and two different generations, if you think about it. Yeah, we kind of are. So we kind of have a, a different perspective, but definitely yeah. hoop geeks. You know, we got the basketball Jones. We just we just love basketball that. nerds. All right. So we're talking about Minnesota Timberwolves pick one, Carl Anthony Towns. What do you think of it? You know, it was a pretty no-brainer. Me being a Laker fan, I was really hoping that they were going to pass on Carl Anthony, but – you know, I think they made the right choice. I would have loved to have seen him in the purple and gold, but, you know, I think he's going to be a really good pick. I think he's going to be a really good player. I, I think that he has, like, Anthony Davis potential, you know, with the shot blocking and just, you know, how uh, versatile he is. He can dribble. He can shoot. Um, I've heard a lot of comparisons to, like, a seven-foot Al Horford. Ah, interesting. You know what? What is so incredible about him, and like all, all experts talk about this, is how he has no really true holes in his game. He is just a complete package of a player, and he's so versatile. He can either play the four or the five. I think he's the epitome of a modern NBA big man, and uh, how a lot of teams are going towards this uh, pace and space, small ball type style. I think he can dominate someday. I think he's special. I think so too. You know, I'm a little bit concerned because you know he didn't play a lot of minutes at Kentucky so he hasn't been in a situation where he's the man and he has to dominate and I guess he doesn't have to do that in Minnesota either but um, he's definitely a really you know special talent and if you look at guys like Kyrie who played you know so little at Duke and then they just transition you know so easily to the NBA so I think he's going to be good I don't I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but I think, you know, in the long run, he's probably going to be, you know, one of the best players of this draft, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's 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 good. He's talented. And uh, I, I really think Minnesota has something special going on there. And, uh, well, were we going to talk about the Tyus Jones trade right now? or? Yeah, I think we should. You know, that was a steal. That was a good trade for them. Because um, they – they in essence traded two second round picks for uh, was it tw- what number was it was it eighteen or no Rockets were eighteen 
I think it was for 31 and 35 or 39. So two second rounders for, for 19. That's phenomenal. He's very great. Yeah, he's oh. from Minnesota. I know uh, Flip Saunders really coveted him for a, a while. They were trying to trade with Houston to get him, and Daryl Morey was just asking for a, an arm and a leg, and, you know, he drops, and they, he just kind of falls right in Minnesota's lap. Yeah, and I think I think that Tyus Jones acquisition was very good for them because, you know, Ricky Rubio is uh, very feeble, as I would like to put it. He gets, he's very injury-prone. And I think I think Tyus Jones, uh, he has a little grit in him that I like. He's 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 gonna be good. And I'm a small guy. He's a small guy. I can relate to that. I like Tyus Jones. So that's your next uh, NBA comparison. You're, you're moving on from George Hill. You're now the the Tyus yeah. <laughs> Tyus, Tyus Jones. Tyus, Tyus Jones. Old folks, you probably don't even know who Tyus Edney is. Pardon me. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Minnesota did a good job in this draft, though. Yeah, he's a steady, you know, Tyus Jones is a steady point guard, you know, and when you think about their youth going with Tyus and Levine, Wiggins, and maybe Gorgie Jang and uh, Towns, that's a real exciting team. That's like a NBA League Pass alert team right there. Agreed. Agreed. They probably won't win a lot of games, but they'll be exciting. Yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be fun. They're going to be fun. And um, so now uh, since we've established that Minnesota did a great job, Let's move on to our team, the, Lakers. the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, we're based out here in Southern California, so we can't help but being Laker fans. So, you know, we're going to try to be, you know, cover the whole NBA, but we definitely have, like, a Lakers slant to us because, you know, we're out here in L.A. Yes. And um, with the second pick in the 2015 NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers selected – D'Angelo Russell, who is by far, in my opinion, well, not in my opinion, he's my favorite player in this draft. I just love his confidence, his swagger. I remember we were, wa- I was watching the NCAA tournament. I think it was the game against Indiana. The kid just had swagger oozing all over him that I loved. And not to mention he's a very good passer. He's a very good scorer. And I think he's going to succeed. I think he's a perfect fit for the Lakers. What do you think? You know, we've been talking about the Laker draft pick for, for like months now. And I know both of us were on the, you know, D'Angelo Russell train and we really hoped the Lakers were going to take him. And for a long time, it didn't look like that was going to happen. It looked like it was going to be Jaleel Okafor for a long time. But, you know, you and I are both ecstatic that it was D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think he has the most star potential out of anybody in this draft, like, the NBA is moving to like such a, you know, guard oriented league where, you know, you look at the people dominating the NBA, MVP. Stephen Curry. Yeah. Guys in the playoffs. It's Curry. It's Harden. You know, it's LeBron. Shot, boy. Sorry. And Russell, he has a chance to become that type of player, you know, like a Stephen Curry, James Harden hybrid. And, you know, to do it under the bright lights of Los Angeles, you know, he can be that next player after the Kobe era to kind of, you know, lead this franchise. And exactly. I agree with you on all points there. And I just, you have to admit, it was like the perfect storm happened for the Lakers though, because we were leaning toward Okafor throughout the whole time. Well, I think he's a very good player and we'll get to him after this, but like with Aldridge, 
like having all those news that news about him not returning, like a 99% chance of him not returning to Portland and the Lakers being his second option, that opened the doors for us. And we realized that we could get a big, whether it be Love, Aldridge. And I think Russell was the perfect pick. Yeah, if we can get Aldridge to go with Randall and Kobe, Clarkson and Russell, I would be a happy camper. And, you know, and I, I know that the Portland general manager, he kind of refuted those reports and he said, you know, that LaMarcus didn't tell him that, but, you know, what's he going to say, that he's leaving? You know, that's just kind of yeah. what he has to say. You know, I, I have a good feeling that LaMarcus is leaving. You know, they made that deal for Mason Plumley, which I thought was a steal, too. I thought that was a great trade Agreed. by Portland. But, yeah, I, I, I hope LaMarcus Aldridge comes. But, you know, if he doesn't, there's a lot of options out there in free agency for the Lakers um, at center, which – you know, guys that will be a much better fit next to Julius Randle, who's not yeah. really a shot blocker, you know, and, and that Okafor-Randle front line just had me really concerned. You know, the, the defense last year was already so bad. <laughs> Man, and, and thinking of it this way, the teams are going to face on a nightly basis. We're, we're, we're going to – and just exploiting the pick and roll all every possession, it's not going to be good for – Byron Scott runs the pick and roll. He, he hates running it. I mean, he kind of ran it towards the end, but – no, no, I'm talking about like on defense. Other teams will exploit it because Okafor yeah, is not yeah, exactly yeah, the yeah, quickest guy. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Russell, good fit. And um, I don't know. We were talking about the Boogie Cousins scenario. You're a big Boogie Cousins guy. I'm. I am. I'm Boogie. Not, I'm not on the Boogie bandwagon. Boogie. He's a great player, but he's coddled. He gets whatever he wants. He's like a spoiled child, you know. Like, no, we don't need that in LA. I'd rather have. The Marcus Aldridge any day of the week. I'm hopeful for Boogie because he's been on that. Uh, he's been on the. Who are you going to give up for Boogie? You're going to give up D'Angelo? Here's okay, okay. Before we get there, I'm just going to say I'm a fan of Boogie Cousins because um, one, I love his uh, passion for the game. It might come across to some people as a uh, a bad attitude, I guess. But you have to consider the fact of uh, all the instability, instability within the Kings and. Uh, the fact that Vivek Ranadive um, and Vladi Divac have their own comedy club in there. Um, and, yeah, it's just crazy situation. We'll get to that later. Should we move on to Sixers? Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the other Lakers picks. You know, um, Good point. I was talking to you in the draft, you know, right before the Lakers picked at 27th, and Kavon Looney was there, RJ Hunter was there, two guys that I did not expect to be there, and I wanted those guys so bad. You know, I know. David Stern, not David Stern, Adam Silver walks up to the podium, and what does he say? Larry Nance Jr. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, Larry Nance Jr. But, you know, the more I read up on this guy, the more I investigate, you know, he's, he's a really athletic player. He has a lot of potential on defense. I can, I can almost see, you know, maybe like a Draymond Green type of player where he can kind of switch all those pick and rolls and – you know, space the floor a little bit, you know, and, you know, uh, make plays. You know, Zach Lowe had that uh, article about the NBA is now becoming a, a playmaking four league, you know. Yeah. Moving away from that stretch four and to a playmaking four. Maybe Nance can do that. Um, you know, Kupchak, he said he loved Larry Nance. He said, you know, he was, you know, he tested off the charts athletically. You know, he interviewed really good, and I heard he killed it at the workout. So, 
You know, Mitch, he has a good track record of these um, late picks. You know, we got Jordan Clarkson last year. Um, Filipino! Yeah, your, your Filipino brother there. So let, let's give him, let's give him, a, let's give him a, a shot. Did you hear about the, the tweet that he did about Kobe? Yeah, we, we don't have to necessarily get into that. <laughs> well, Kobe already said it's, it's yeah. walking to the bridge. He said, um, he said little... uh, texted him, uh, hello, Mr. Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it's time to to retire when your teammates are calling you Mr. Brian. So. Uh, yeah, um, a little controversy there, but uh, <laughs> well, I, I think I think I'm gonna go back to Russell really quick. I think Laker fans are gonna love the kid. I think they're gonna love him because of his. As I was saying, he has this swagger about him, and he's just he's so smooth. He is smooth, you know. He he dominated. College basketball as a freshman, 19 points, five rebounds, five assists. Those are incredible numbers. Um, and usually, if you can dominate college as like an 18-year-old freshman, um, that's a really good indicator of success in the NBA. So, you know, there's some concerns about his um, athleticism, but true. I think he's going to be good. You know, he's an incredible passer, maybe the best passer in like the last you know 10 years coming out of college basketball. He's a really good shooter he's he doesn't have that like really blinding speed or quickness but he's really shifty with the ball you know he goes exactly. uh, left and right he crosses people over he can get by his man perfect word shifty very people, shifty. Uh, scouts were saying that about him he's a very shifty guard and i think he'll succeed in the nba we well i hope so um and anthony brown sanford we yes, you know, stanford. we we like him a lot he's a, a i want to go there guy. What? I want to go to Stanford. Anyways. No, future Cardinal here. Yes, hopefully. Stanford, hear me out. Yeah, so Stanford, if you're listening, you know, get that scholarship for Joshua David. He doesn't have to play on the basketball team. He just wants to attend. Yep. But, yeah, he. you were saying he projects as a solid 3 and D potentially. I think he's good. He has a nice shot. Yeah, you know, Mitch said he was one of the better shooters in this draft. It, you know, we wanted that pick at uh, 27-2, so to get him at 34 – um, that's a really nice pickup. Chad Ford had him at 27, so uh, we got him at 34. It's good. We're yeah, good. All right, we, be we better move on from the Lakers. You know, yeah. Everybody else is in L.A., so we'll move on uh, to the Philadelphia 70 centers. Here. 70 centers, yes. 70 centers. Selecting Jalil Okafor. Um, what do you think? You know, people have been killing the Sixers and hating on this pick, but – the more I think about it, I kind of like it, actually. To, you know, the big concerns about Okafor in L.A. was that he didn't have um, – there was no shot-blocking presence with Randall. Is, Noel is there for him. Yeah, him and Noel look like they'll complement each other well. I mean, Noel, if he could learn, you know, maybe like a 15-foot jumper to give Okafor some space, that would be great. But he can definitely, you know, help him out on defense, you know, be that rim protector. And – Okafor is probably going to be the best player on the 76ers next year. He's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to get a ton of touches. I think he is probably the front runner for rookie of the year right now. Just being in Philly. I mean, you look at Michael Carter Williams, um, you know, he's playing like 40 minutes a night, his, rook, uh, his rookie year and getting the ball all the time. I, I think it's going to be a similar situation with, Okafor, where he's just going to have big usage rate and just a ton of minutes. So 
I expect to pit him to put up big numbers next year. You know, maybe 18 and 9, somewhere along those lines. Here's my problem with this pick. And um, the Sixers have a myriad of problems. Hinky's a good general manager, I think. But um, as a fan of the Sixers, if you're a Sixers fan, how does it feel to keep going through this constant notion of uncertainty that your team, it seems like, remember Fran Frischilla, he always says two years from two years away. It seems like this team is always not going to get there. Like, what's going to happen to Joel Embiid, who I really I, – I, I'm a big Joel Embiid fan. I think he'll, he'll he be good. He has to get healthy first. Pardon me? He has to get healthy. You, I know. You don't even know if he's going to play. And – Ah. Just think about it. Maybe if he's coming off the bench playing 15 minutes a night, maybe that might help him in the long run. You know, he's probably not ready to be playing 30, 40 minutes anyways if he's able to play at all. So, you know, when he gets healthy, just kind of having like a less amount of workload, it, it might actually be better for Embiid in the long run. Um, but, you know, this – a hinky strategy for the 76ers. Listen, you know, you can build a solid team. You can, you can fill up all the holes, you know, draft Moutier or, you know, whatever, and try to make a team that makes sense. But the 76ers, and I'm not trying to defend them, but what win, they're trying to win a championship. I, I know it doesn't look like it right now, but they're not trying to be the Hawks, they're not trying to be, you know, like a 40-50 win team that gets eliminated. You know, they're trying to strive for greatness. Yeah, and what what is going to take – what's it going to take to win a championship is you got to get lucky. You know, one guy needs to be a top five player in the NBA, you know, and I think that's what Hinky's doing. He's just looking – he's trying again and again, and he's hoping that one of these guys is going to pan out and be this uh, – you know, elite talent, you know, they haven't panned out yet, but I can, I, I understand what he's trying to do. I mean, I'm not a Sixers fan and it would be frustrating to be a Sixers fan, but I can kind of see the logic in it. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. If I was a GM and uh, I'm looking at that perspective in Hinky's eyes, I really actually kind of like what he's doing. This sounds weird, but I'd rather have a great team, the potential of having a great team than having like, the pre Giannis Milwaukee Bucks who won 42 games and got eliminated by the Heat in the playoffs. I, I, I'd rather try and strive for greatness. Yeah, go big or go home. I mean, we got a lot of Clipper fans out here in L.A., guys jumping on the bandwagon. And <laughs> they, got, they got a nice regular season team, you know, but they have no banners and, you know, we're spoiled because we're Laker fans, but <laughs> – they don't have any banners and no bench. They, they got selfies out there, though, instead of those banners. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I don't know if it's going to work out, but, you know, I think Okafor is going to have a good deal. I mean. Yeah, I, I think he's good. He's a good player. We didn't talk about his, like, absurd feel like 77% field goal percentage at the rim. And he, he's he's going to be – he's like – he people project him. People, I don't know about those Tim Duncan comparisons, but I like the comparison of a better Al Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, I hear Al Jefferson or Brooke Lopez, but if that's the case, if he's Al Jefferson or Brooke Lopez and the strategy is to win 
a championship. Those guys are not going to take you there. They, yeah. he, they should have. They should have drafted Porzingis, right? Porzingis. What, okay, let's go to that pick now. Okay, so you know Knicks. the Knicks pick Porzingis at four, and there's a a rain of booze and kids crying on TV. <laughs> Dude, that kid was so annoying. <laughs> he, was, he was just like, "What's wrong with these Knicks fans, man?" Like, I just man, they're just uh, that's just. That's a Nick. I'm man. sorry. Every year. Okay, wait, really quickly. If you went on Twitter when that happened, like people were going crazy. Stephen A. Smith was saying stuff like, "This was blasphemous." <laughs> Malarkey. <laughs> what is wrong with him? No, Stephen A. I'm sorry, um, but I I love the Porzingis pick. Okay, I I, I like Porzingis. He has the potential to be a Dirk or a Durant, and you know, and I think. You know, he's justified in being picked so high, um, you know, and, and credit Phil for taking him. But I'm a little bit concerned about him being in New York. That pressure. I would have yeah. much rather have seen him go to Philly or Orlando where they would have taken their time to develop him and they would play him. He needs to play. You know, if he doesn't play, he could be the next Darko. They need to oh, throw him out there. Uh, no, but he's, him, he's just yeah. gonna and he's gonna lose all his confidence. You know basketball. So much yeah. of basketball is about confidence. You know, if he doesn't play, if he doesn't get out there playing NBA basketball, um, he's gonna lose that confidence. And I just don't think he can develop. I think he has all the potential in the world. He can be a Durant or a Nowitzki, but he has to play. I mean, same thing with like Giannis, right? Like the Bucks played him. Yeah, you know, exactly. He wasn't that good his first year, but. They just kept throwing him out there, and I think that's what they have to do with Porzingis too. They have to play him, you know. Um, what do you think about the fit with him and uh, Melo? Um, there was a little controversy there again, but Melo touched it up later on his Instagram, saying stuff like, "I thought he was a steal," and he like kind of not really ranted. Like he responded to a lot of people's comments about him being selfish and him and his one hundred twenty-five million or whatever. But I don't think. That's the concern. I like this pick. I agree with you on Porzingis. That's my worry because as like as a basketball scholar and a nerd, I know that Nowitzki, when he first entered the league, the, the, the Mavs were bad. But they gave him reps. He got better. But I just like the pick because this is how you were supposed to build a team. Honestly, if you see what the Knicks do, people were scared they were going to trade this pick for just a veteran to try and get in the playoffs and probably lose to the Cavs and maybe like – you know, I just – we're speaking about striving for greatness. I think this is a good pick for them. I, I agree with you. You know, the, the Knicks have been so known for just picking up the name players, you know, these washed-up guys because they used to be big names, you know, and they needed to invest in their future, you know, and put and pick a guy like Porzingis and even Grant, you know. Yeah, but I like I like Jerry and Grant. They got to no. play. That's, that's the only concern that I have. I think Grant will play because, you know, they don't have much – either, but they got to play Porzingis. I mean, if he's not starting, but he needs to get like 20 minutes a night, you know, at least. David West might go to New York, which is interesting. We'll get to that sometime. Dude, if David West goes there and you got Melo, who really is better at the fourth It's interesting with them. I don't know what they're going to do, but – I think this is a good first step for the franchise, contrary to what Stephen A. says and all these other 
little kids that are booing. I, I like the pick, and I like the Jerry and Grant trade. I thought that was a phenomenal trade. They also um, – wait, is that the trade? No, there was the Vasquez trade. That's for Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm surprised they got a first for Tim Hardaway Jr. He plays no defense at all. Tim Hardaway Jr., um, he can't play defense. Yeah. It's not good. But, hey, good job, Phil Jackson, if you're out there. Former uh, Lakers we, we still got love for you, Phil. We wish you would have uh, coached the Lakers. So now, are we gonna move on or? Yeah, let's move on. Wait, wait. This is this next pick. This is my guy. Another one of my guy. I love this draft, by the way. Mario Hezonia. Or as Jalen Rose said, Hezonga. <laughs> Hezonga. Okay. <laughs> We need to talk really quickly about Jalen Rose's comparison. Oh, man, Jalen Rose. I, I love you, Jalen, but the comparisons, oh, man. <laughs> it was funny because he was – Wally Zerbiak and Sam Decker. What do you <laughs> – every, every white guy compares to another yeah. white guy. And then, <laughs> and then, like, RJ Hunter and Kevin Martin. I mean, that one, I guess. But I don't know. Some, some of these comparisons – Man. We miss you, Bill. We wish you were back. They did you wrong down at ESPN. Hashtag, we want Simmons. Bill Simmons, Simmons. if you are listening to this. We we'll, we'll, we'll take you here at uh, yeah, Hoops and Jeans. <laughs> yeah. our podcast. Okay. Um, but I like the Hezonia pick. I know they like they really wanted Porzingis, but I think Hezonia is a perfect pit, fit for them because, one, they're just a basically they're basically a defensive minded team right now. They have no one who can shoot. And that's one thing that Mario does. He shoots the ball. He shoots it with confidence. Um, there are those J.R. Smith comparisons, which I don't want to talk about because I'm not a J.R. Smith fan and I love Hisonia. But he's a gunner. He can shoot. And he's athletic. You know, I really like that pick too. It's a, like you said, it's a perfect fit. Um it'll be Fun to watch uh, Scott Skiles and Hazonia. They got two strong personalities there. How much um, of a leash do you think Skiles will give Hazonia? I think if Hazonia plays hard, you know, he competes on defense, he's going to play him. I, I think, you know, they in Orlando, they kind of have a plan there. They're, you know, they're really, they're run really well. They're trying to develop their young guys. and Good GM. I, yeah, Hennigan, he's really good. So I think... Skiles will play uh, Hazonia, and he's going to develop well. Um, I know you people love his confidence, and he has, like, all this ability. And uh, I really hope he doesn't turn out to be a, a J.R. Smith, like a gunner with, you know, bad Gosh, no. selection. I think he has all the potential in the world, like so many of these lottery picks do. And you just don't know what, you know, these different factors that, that cause guys to – um, you know, be these elite talents or bust. You know, all these guys right now have so much potential. So um, hold on real quick. Oh, um, I think Mr. Go is tending, Power Go is tending to his baby. Um, so for those of you listening to this podcast, please keep tuning in. Uh, we're going to keep posting these randomly. Sorry. And, uh, enjoy the So continuing on, don't worry, you're good. Um, Hezonia, you know what's funny? You know how there's scouting reports, obviously, of every player in the draft, and there's pro, there's weaknesses and strengths. I love his weaknesses, though. It's like too much confidence, bad chemistry with teammates. It, I just, <laughs> it's he, just funny. 
So he could be either Kobe Bryant or J.R. Smith, somewhere, somewhere in well, between. I don't know about Kobe, but like they're saying his mentality is like a yeah, Kobe. yeah. His game is probably more like a Clay Thompson, like a more athletic. Yeah, His jumper's so smooth. Yeah. I like that jumper. It's smooth. Anyways, yeah. we like his Onya. He's a uh, one of our favorites in the Hoops and Dreams podcast. Um, let's let's move on to pick six now. Pick six, Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings Comedy Club and Vivek, their lead stand-up, Vivek, Rana Dive, and Vladi Divak. Uh, they choose Willie Cauley-Stein. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, first off, I, I just watched Jurassic World. Have you seen Jurassic World yet? No, I'm not. Um, I've been busy. Well, the owner of Jurassic World is an Indian dude, too. So every time I saw him, <laughs> I just kept thinking, Vivek. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Kings—they're—they're they're just a a laughing man. They're, you know, we've talked about having a losing culture, and that's just kind of what they have there. You know, it's just oh man, chaos and so many people playing so many different ways, and all, yeah. all these all these guys like Boogie. I feel bad for you, Nick Stauskas. I feel bad for you, like players I like somehow get to that team it's tough yeah so yeah they're 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 a trip those kings so uh willie trill Kali stein um you know i think he has so much potential as a defender being like a draymond green where you can switch everybody i remember watching him in the tournament he was guarding uh jerrion grant and he was full court down you know so he has that defensive ability but you know his offensive ability is so low. I mean, he did you see those uh, the clips of his workout where he was just knocking down those threes? Yeah, that he could. But like, if you like listen to people, he was you know he was working out with Russell and Towns, right? They were doing ball handling drills. Towns was pretty good. Russell was incredible. Well, Collie Stein couldn't keep up. Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, you hope that he can knock down those. Um, Wide open threes, kind of like Myers Leonard. Um, yeah, really, he kind of developed that three point shot. You know, if if uh, Willie Cauley Stein can develop like a, a three point shot, he has a really high chance of uh, being an impact player in the league. But if he can't do that, if he's just a liability on offense, I don't know how much they can play him. You know, he's just going to be clogging the lane for Boogie. There's going to be no spacing there, so. It, it really depends if he can knock down that, that open J or not. Yeah, one of our favorites, Zach Lowe, was saying, like, how one of the most valued skills these days is just being a B level at every, like, everything. Like, players, like, in the playmaking four. Like, Draymond Green isn't that great of a shooter. He's not yeah. exactly the best rebounder, but he's so well-rounded. And, like, Willie Cauley-Stein Stein is just – he's so offensively challenged. It's, it's tough. Yeah, I really know Draymond on offense because, you know, we saw in the finals they do that high pick and roll with Steph and Draymond gets that ball and he can drive into the the paint yeah. and make a play. And you can't expect that from, from Willie. You know, you're just hoping that he, he can hit a jumper every once in a while so that they're not going all Tony Allen on him, you know, and just leave, not even guarding him. <laughs> hey, smart move by Steve Kerr there, though. Yeah, they, they said it was the uh, the assistant coach. Gentry or Walton or another – the defensive coach. I, I forgot his name, but he was 
Yeah, he's he's a he's a really good defensive coach. He'll probably be a head coach soon. So, um, yeah, we're not. I'm not a huge fan of the Cauley Stein pick. I thought they should have gone with Moutier. And um, yeah, least, I mean, but Moutier he refused to yeah to even work out. They didn't know anything about him, so I understand. Um, Vladi's thinking. Even, honest, honestly, it goes back to this coddling of Boogie. Boogie wanted Willie Cauley Stein, you know. So yeah. yeah. So to go get him so i don't know i mean good for willie because if he didn't get picked there go to know, 13 press and other places were saying that you know he was gonna slide there was issues with his foot you know medical issues and if he didn't get picked in sacramento who knows where he would have gone 13 14 who knows and speaking of sliding people thought this next guy slided a little emmanuel moutier in terms of sliding, maybe we're talking about from way in the beginning of the year when, like, after the 2014 NBA draft where people were making their mocks. People thought this guy was the best point guard in this draft. And then SMU, he decides not to go. There's little problems there. Um, we're not entirely sure what happened, if he was going to get in and stuff. But, like, he goes to China. He doesn't play bad. If you look at his stats and some of the tape, he looked good. Okay, but... but it's in China. There's guys yeah. coming from China averaging like 35 points a game. <laughs> they, they get their D-League call up and they don't even play. Yeah. So, hey, Lakers picked up Vander Blue, right? Isn't he from China? No, 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 never mind. That was, that was the Clippers who picked up a guy. Never mind. I don't know, some guy. But Moutier, you know, if they move Lawson, I could see him having a pretty nice rookie season. I mean, you saw what – Lawson, they got him on videos, you know. I'm going to Sacramento. Smoking his hookah, so Lawson, that's just a mess. Vladi said that was stupid. Well, so. it is perfect considering they are in Colorado, <laughs> and um, it's all legal. Well, that's hookah, okay? It's different. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not, like, an expert on drugs and stuff. I'm okay, hookah's – okay, I don't smoke anything, but hookah's not that. <laughs> How do we – okay, anyways, um, I'm sorry, uh – but yeah, I like Moutier. I, I, I like the semi-John Wall-esque comparison because he's a taller point guard who's very athletic, who doesn't shoot but, well. But but Wall is this skinny, fast guy. Moutier, he's like yeah. a I see much more Tyreek Evans than John Wall in him. I, see, I can see that, but I, I, I like Moutier. I think he's going to be good. Um, that jumper's not bad, too. I think it could be shaky. Good. It's shaky. We'll see. I mean, that, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, that's a steal for Denver, you know, considering where he was projected, you know, being, you know, the number one point guard before this year started. If he played, who knows where he would have been, you know, if he played college ball. So that's a nice pick for Denver. Um, but if you want to know a real slide, and I'm not talking about Justice Winslow, but Cliff Alexander, he was like the number yeah. two prospect out of high school. What what summer league team is he playing for? He got signed by the Nets, so good for him. He got I think wow. he got a deal with the Nets. Um, yeah, he was like number like on rivals. They had him in the top ten, I think five. Like yeah. he was. I remember playing two K, and then I downloaded a draft class for twenty fifteen. Right after twenty fourteen, Cliff Alexander was like the third pick. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the Harrison twins too. Come yeah. out, they were so highly recruited, so. You never know, man. D'Angelo Russell was like 19, and it's incredible, his rise. That just shows, like, 
fit's important in college, and if you can't showcase your skills exactly perfectly. Yeah, in, in high school and college, it's different. It's a different ball game. So exactly, you never know. All right, so we we good on Denver. That that's enough. Yeah. Denver. All right, let's move on. Number seven. No, number eight. No, oh, number eight. Detroit Pistons. Stanley Johnson. Let me tell you something. Um, I thought they should have gone with one of the best dressed, Justice Winslow. I think they're going to regret this pick over time. I like Winslow. Winslow's a nice player. I like Winslow a lot, too. You know, he dominated at Duke. I mean, they kind of had him playing that stretch floor position. But, man, when you see him defend, grab those rebounds, and, you know, when he goes coast to coast and he, he ends with that little Euro step at the end, he's very Harden-esque at that end. Yeah. So I like Winslow a lot, too. I mean, he's a lot – shorter than Stanley Johnson. So, you know, I, I can I, yeah, I can kind of see where Stan Van Gundy was thinking. You know, I think Stanley Johnson's like six eight. You know, he kind of has that better small forward size and here he, here are my issues with this pick. One, um I was reading a lot about this because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of this pick. Um you know how Stan Van Gundy's like the president of basketball operations. He's basically their GM. Yeah, your coach. Like Doc over here. So he basically made this decision based on one workout, right? So Stanley Johnson's not known as being a good shooter, right? Yeah. But apparently he did well in the workout. Well, I heard Decker killed it at yeah. the Dickinson's workout. Killed the workout. And so that's something interesting. I don't know if I take issue with it. But, like, I feel like the GM and the coach should be separate jobs because the drafts, people spend a whole year scouting, preparing for the draft. Stan Van Gundy's so preoccupied with coaching his team, making sure, you know, he's actually, like, succeeding. The team's, like, functioning well. But then you have the draft. Are you just going to go off of one potentially fluky workout? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the pick. I'm, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, you know, and you, when you're competing with guys like Maury and Hinky, these, like, analytical nerds yeah. who are, you know, they live this stuff and they're going to China. Like, you can't compete with that if you're coaching the team. But I'm sure Detroit has scouts and they have other guys that mm -hmm. are working on this full time. And, you know, Stan has the final word. But, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Doc, you know. And so – We'll see. Time will tell. I mean, I don't I don't love the pick either. I definitely would have taken Justice Winslow too. But, you know, in this draft process, these pre-draft rankings, they mean nothing. You know, one or two years down the line, it, it's not going to matter where you're picked. You know, it's going to be what you've done. I mean, you look at Steph Curry. You know, he was picked seventh, you know, to the, to the heartbreak of the Knicks fans who got Jordan Hill at number eight, right? So – it, it doesn't matter what you're ranked. It depends on exactly. what you're ranked. So we'll see how Stanley does. You know, I hope I hope he does well. If he can't shoot, it's going to be hard for him to be in uh, Stan's offense. And he he needs that spacing, you, you know, yeah. with that Dwight Howard Orlando Magic offense. So it's going to be important for him to be able to knock down that three ball. We'll see if he can do it. And um, quick shout-out to Stanley Johnson, who uh, is a local guy, OC kid, uh, Went to Matter Day High School, won four CIF championships. Uh, um, I, I wish all these guys success, though. I mean, we may talk a little negative at times, a lot of positives, but 
we all want these guys to succeed. They're, this we is want these guys to succeed, but in reality, there's only you know we we hype these guys up. They all look so good, and in reality, there's going to be like one or two all stars from these but, ten guys and two guys who don't make any impact at all in the league and. Half these guys are never even going to become starters. So, you know, it's always it's always fun. It's always exciting before the draft. But reality is, you know, there's reality bites. difference makers here. But, yeah, um, what you're saying there is perfect. Like, we're not sure. But, you know, uh, I, hope he's, I hope he does well. I heard he's a good kid. And speaking of a good kid, like, a lot of these guys, like, they were speaking of this. It's a very – Jay Billis was speaking of this. Very high-character draft this year. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, a lot of good kids. He got Upshaw, but he didn't even get drafted. So a lot, a lot of good kids, and we definitely wish them the best. You know, that's that's the dream. You know, we, we wish we could be in their places, right? Yeah, and to all those uh, undrafted players and those uh, struggling, um, believe in yourself. As Shia LaBeouf said, just do it. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I love Upshaw, too. I'm glad he's going to the Lakers summer league team so hopefully he gets his life together and he can be a steal for us too all right so let's move on number nine michael jordan's hornets frank the tank frank the tank what do you think oh um interestingly enough i still think that, <laughs> i don't know i don't know if winslow's the best pick for their team because they already have a type, just uh, Winslow type in like Kid Gilchrist, and they just traded for Batum. They weren't they weren't gonna take Justice, but Justice Winslow is on my team. If I I'd, I'd rather have Winslow than Kaminsky. I don't know. I think they should have just got the got the player and then just you know made a deal. I think the thinking behind Kaminsky was you know when they made the playoffs. Josh McRoberts was such a difference yeah. for them. You know, he was a guy that would space the floor, rebound, um, make plays, and they're looking for that, and they need that desperately. So, you know, I guess they see it in, in Frank, and I hope he pans out. He, you know, he seems like a great guy, and I love watching him at Wisconsin. And they ran their whole offense through him at Wisconsin. It's not going to be like that in Charlotte. Um you know, hopefully he can play off of uh, Al and they can kind of complement each other. But we'll have to see. I mean, Charlotte does not have the best record in developing talent. I mean, you look at guys like Noah last year, Cody Zeller, Kid Gilchrist. Hey, I like Kid Gilchrist, though. I like Kid Gilchrist, too, but he can't shoot, you know. Mm -hmm. And for the number two pick, you, you need to be more than that. I agree. Um, but, yeah. I mean, you know, again, when we look back at this, we're not going to be sure how this draft, like, we can't grade this draft until, like, at least two or three years from now. Definitely. Um, what do you think about Boston? They, they said they offered uh, four number ones for that uh, number nine pick to try to get Winslow. They have a pile of picks. And um feel bad for Danny Ainge. He didn't get a lot of stuff he liked, honestly. That sounds bad because they like Rosier, Rosier, Wait, uh, how do you pronounce that? Yeah, yeah. Um, they got him, and um, I don't know they tried to trade for number three too. They had a Godfather offer, but Philly's but not going to Honestly, play. okay. Everyone keeps saying Boston has all these assets, and re realistically, those picks are like low, 
first, uh, rounders. first rounders. You're not going to find impact players there. That number nine pick, number three pick. Okay, number three, Nerlens Noel for Marcus Smart, and number sixteen. That's a joke. That's yeah. That's <laughs> that's that, a gun offer. I would not take that ever. People, I don't think I would take Noel for Smart straight up. Even definitely not. So you're not going to take sixteen for three. So I don't know. Everyone keeps saying Boston has. This, all these assets, I, I'm not really into that. I feel like, you know, these late first-rounders are not – I mean, they have the Nets unprotected pick, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to hate on Charlotte for not taking that. I mean, they got a guy that they liked, and, you know, at, at 16 they thought that he was going to be gone. So, yeah, I'm fine. If, if that's a guy that they want and they love, just pick him. You know, it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. It, it matters what you think. I mean, if it's a mistake, it's a mistake, but – Hey, they, they went with their gut, so I'll, I'll give them credit for that. A few things really quickly before we move on to what I think is probably the biggest seal of the draft. Um, one, um, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? <laughs> You're not supposed to do this in podcasts. Oh, yeah, we're Laker fans, so we're not really huge fans of Boston. So um, sorry, Boston, if we're bagging on you. And also, um, what's interesting, Michael Jordan, he has an interesting history of falling in love with certain players. He loves those players. He loves those guys. Yeah. Well, Kwame Brown was a high school player, but, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, Maybe it's because of Kwame Brown. He's going for all these established stars like uh, the legendary Adam Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam Morrison has a ring with our team. He does. He's an NBA champion. Yes. Nobody and can take that away from you. Soon Yue, too. Remember Soon Yue? <laughs> Asian guy, they all have rings. What the? Okay, let's move on to the the Miami Mafia, number ten, Justice Winslow. Thoughts? I mean, obviously that's a steal. I love Justice Winslow. I, I mean, if I was picking at like four or five, I would have strongly considered him there after you know the, the big three guys, and he's gonna be. He's going to be a good player, and that's like kind of the perfect fit for him. He's kind of a Pat Riley player, you know, grit, gritty, and you know he's going to go into play defense and grind. And uh, it's definitely shades of uh, Karan Butler. You know, he kind of slipped Ooh. Miami back then. You know, he was highly regarded coming out, and um, you know he definitely overachieved and you know outplayed his draft uh, number. And I'm sure Justice Winslow will do that too. Maybe even like a a Paul Pierce who kind of slipped to Boston. So I think it'll be a good pick. You know, he can definitely be, you know, the successor to either Wade or Dang. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great pick by Miami. I kind of, I kind of hate it because I'm a Laker fan, you know, mm. and, but it's a good pick for Miami. Phenomenal pick for Miami. I think um, one Winslow is just scratching the surface. I think also, I think he has, I might be saying too much here. Like, I hope I'm not like, you know, thinking too highly of this kid. I think he has all-star potential. He's that good. And yeah. um, the the thing I worry about though is like they say that his three-point percentage he shot like forty percent at Duke. It's a little fluky. It's a little fluky. You know, they say a better indicator of your three-point percentage in the NBA is actually your free throw percentage in college, and and it was sixty-something percent. Yeah, you know, and. If you look at his percentages when his feet are not set, it's really low. So, Yikes. you know, hopefully he can shoot. I mean, he he seems like a really good kid. Really, 
phenomenal talent. So he has a nice looking stroke though. When 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 I watched the tournament, it was like different. Yeah, like, his form, he has a nice form. He's yeah, definitely yeah. It's not. You know when Michael Kidd Gilchrist entered the draft, it was so like, It was yeah, oh, turn your yeah. head, hide the hide the children when Gilchrist. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this guy, it's not bad. I mean, I think Miami Steel. I don't think it's been covered enough already. Like Chad Ford, listening to a podcast, he like this kind of. He was saying how like it reminded him of when Kawhi Leonard fell to fifteen. Like yeah, he. He definitely has that Kawhi Leonard potential if he can knock down those threes. threes. But, I mean, he, he has that potential. But if you look at Kawhi, he's so much bigger and longer. Yeah, longer. So, I, I don't know if he'll ever become the defender that Kawhi is because Kawhi's incredible. But No one is. No one's Kawhi. Kawhi yeah. stopped Steph Curry. Yeah, Kawhi. he has that potential, you know. So, good pick yeah. for Miami. Yeah. Um, yeah, good pick for Miami. Good job, Pat Riley. You always get it done. You always, you always get them. Let's see, number eleven. Who's eleven? Yeah, who's eleven? Um, uh, Utah, yeah. Utah? No, Utah's twelve. Trey Lyles, thirteen. Oh, Indiana. Miles Turner. Have you seen this guy run? He he does. He never was taught how to run. Apparently. Well, have you? He runs like he's like six. Oh 16. man. He's like, uh, but hey, he's, he looks skinny. When I saw him, uh, he looks good. He was a lot skinnier than I thought he was gonna be. You and know, he's like two forty. Search for him in the NBA playing center. He looked, he looked skinny. But he, you know, I think this is like a really upside esque pick for the the Pacers, obviously, because Turner's not ready. We obviously know that. Um, he's skinny, as we said. His well, uh, Indiana, they're trying to get rid of Hibbert. They want to play up temple, up and down, you know. So they're definitely trying to move on from Hibbert. And you know, Miles Turner is kind of like the writing on the wall for Roy. But uh, I think I kind of disagree with you. I think he's gonna play. Yeah, I, I agree. But like, I don't know if he's exactly ready to like you know contribute a great amount. But um, I thought they were gonna go Cameron Payne here. Because I've been hearing reports that they love Cameron Payne. I know they need a center, but, like, I heard their GM. I forgot his name. He's, like, some sort of point guard whisperer or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Apparently, uh, Miles Turner has upside. He can be one of the best players in this draft if he reaches it. Yeah, he was highly recruited coming out of um, high school, and he has, you know, incredible length, a lot of potential. So And he has a nice shot, actually. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, once you start getting late in the lottery, the chances of these guys becoming real contributors are getting low, but we'll see how it works out. Okay. Yeah, agreed. And, um, yeah, he, he – we don't know yet. We'll see. Good job, right. Larry Bird. I'm saying good job to all the guys you chose and <laughs> the leaders of the operations. Good job, Larry Bird. Um, Go polite. Uh, yeah, moving on. Number 12, Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles, you know, I've been listening. I, I'm a big fan of the uh, David Locke podcast, and I listen to him quite a bit, and he loved Lyles. So I'm not surprised that they picked him. They kind of see him as that third big off the bench that could play with um, Gobert, the Stifle Tower, or with uh, Favors. You know, he can be kind of that playmaking four, 
stretch the court. Um, I heard they ran a lot of drills with him in a workout where he was the ball handler, you know, in that in a high pick and roll. They kind of see him as that, uh, you know, in a four or five pick and roll where he's kind of making the play. So, you know, he, he's solid. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. I don't know if he's going to be a star, but he's definitely going to contribute. You know, yeah, you were saying how he's, you know, he's solid. He's a solid player. And I was listening to uh, Grantland's one of the best sites. Um, quick uh, advertisement. Go to Grantland.com for your best uh, sports, pop culture, and everything. If Go to Grantland until we get our site up, you know, who's yeah. in yeah. site. But um, there was a great podcast with Ryan Rosilla and Chad Ford. They were speaking about um, Trey Lyles. He's not a sexy pick. Like, he's not, like, he doesn't, like, have any one thing where he stands out. He played out of position in college. But he's, like, a jazz pick. Nothing, like, too flashy. But he does a lot of things well. He does. And I think, you know, the big thing for him is that he he's going to have to kind of take, like, that Patrick Patterson route where he can hit that three, you know, and defend well enough. He's a, he's a big guy. You know, he's really uh, versatile. He can do a lot of things. But if he can hit that three ball, he's going to be a, a really good player for them. I like the Boozer comparison for him. I do. Man, if he's Boozer, I mean, Boozer was, was great at one point. But, you know, we've had Boozer here in L.A. last year, and his defense was so bad. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, yeah, it was bad. So, Lyles, he's solid. Solid. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, 13, Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. You know, I I like Booker. I have a you know, I have a thing for shooters. I, I love passing these shooters out of the draft. And Booker is definitely interesting. He's probably the best shooter. Agreed. I, I think so. But I don't I'm not sure if he does anything else. I mean, his role was so limited in Kentucky, so who who can really say, right? Because he, you know, he, if he went to a different school, we could see more things that he could do. Um, sure. Is he better than RJ Hunter? You know, for example, I don't know. Um, but he'll probably thrive in that Phoenix offense, that running gun uh, offense and three pointers. He'll probably do well there. Um, interestingly enough, we're talking about the Suns right now, right? Yeah. Um, I just got a notification from Bleacher Report Team Stream. A rumor: Suns will reportedly reportedly explore trade options for Eric Bledsoe if they sign Brandon Knight in free agency. Are they sold? I think they're sold on Booker as their starting shooting guard. What do you think? I don't think so. I mean, I heard today that they're offering. Uh, they're going to offer Brandon Knight five years, seventy million dollars. But I heard the GM also said that Bledsoe's not going anywhere. And, you know, this is the time, just like before the draft, where all the GMs are lying and they're putting out these smoke screens. But I think they're going to keep Bledsoe. He's a incredible talent, and they they need big guys. But I can't see them trading Bledsoe. Not for not to start Booker. I mean, I think Booker will be a nice guy off the bench. Um. Yeah, Booker's good. He can <laughs> he can shoot the ball, and shooting is a premium in the NBA now. So, um, but he's, I thought that would have been. I thought that would have been a. Pardon me. But he's small. I mean, he doesn't have really great length. Yeah. Bend. He's not a three and D guy. Yeah, exactly. But as we were saying, it's now a pace and space league. It's evolving toward that, and shooting is just so valuable. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what he said about Clay too, right? That Clay was just a shooter coming out, and he's turned out to be this incredible player. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Fourteen. Fourteen. Cameron Payne. Oklahoma City Thunder adding more talent, arguably the most talented roster. What do you think? <laughs> okay, so first of all, no offense, Cameron Payne, but you—that's an ugly dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, he looks so weird. What? <laughs> I like Cameron Payne. I heard he. <laughs> I'm not talking about his game. I'm just talking about his looks. Okay, sorry to get personal, no. Cameron Payne. I apologize. That was uncalled for. That, no. Okay, let's get back. Let's get back uh, on top. You know, no, I like. I, oh, I'll, I'll go first really quickly. I like. I like him. He's 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 a small smaller guard, but you know, he led Murray State to 25 straight wins and. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be good backing up Russell Westbrook. I have to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of Cameron Payne, and I, I know that it's kind of, like, trendy right now to, like, pick up these point guards from, like, mid-majors, you know, after yeah. Lillard and, you know. People even, are trying to find the next Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, even Alfred Payton last year. So I don't really know much about his game, but, you know, OKC, they kind of have a mixed track record, right? Like, if you look at – the the beginning when they they picked up <laughs> amazing Westbrook amazing Harden but since then I mean you talk about Jeremy Lamb Lamb and you know Perry Jones. Jones and they they haven't been drafting great lately so but well, I try I I think Sam Presti is a good enough GM and I, I I don't know I feel like this this is a good pick for them um I feel like it's good I mean. Who could they have gotten that was better? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not – you know, people are talking about Payne's going to be, like, this great player. I mean, I don't even know if he'll be as good as uh, Reggie Reggie Jackson, you know. I don't know. I mean, he's not going to be another hearted, I don't think. You know, not that – when you're picking 14, I, I don't see it. I mean, you got to do the best with what you got. I don't know if there's any better guys out there, but – I'm not super high on Cameron Payne, but like I said, I, I haven't done a lot of research on him either. Um, I haven't done a lot, but I like I, I YouTube scouted him for like literally four minutes. I liked what I saw. Um, but funny part, whenever you watch YouTube highlights, it's always shots they make. You so gotta watch those draft express weakness videos too, man. Pardon me? You gotta watch the draft express weaknesses video. Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't because those are normally eight, nine minutes long, and I only had, like, I don't know, a few you minutes. You watch the first half, and you get all excited about your player, and then you don't watch the weaknesses. If you no, watch no, I, did, I didn't watch the draft. <laughs> I probably should have. But, um, you watch the weaknesses, you get really depressed, and you're like, this player sucks. <laughs> you watch yeah. the He's the best player in the world. That's why I loved Hazonia's, his draft success <laughs> videos. It was so funny. Like, it's, like, disconnected from teammates. <laughs> 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 Imagine how him and Scott Skiles would do. Anyways, but yeah, Cameron Payne, interesting. So yeah, interesting pick. I mean, I, I want to give a lot of credit to uh, Scotty Brooks for developing that talent in OKC. You know, he's yeah. gone. Um, so we'll see. He takes a lot of, like, crap from everyone, too. Like, not a lot of good rep. Like, people, like, say he's not good at making in-game decisions. He's, like, bad. they're bagging on him because he started Kendrick Perkins. But one thing you got to give him a shout-out for is – um. We we're seeing his player development. He's done a good job. Yes. Um, so we'll we'll give him credit for that. Hopefully he, you know, lands a, a gig somewhere. You know, that's that's good for him. He's gonna be on TV now. I think he's gonna be ESPN. 
Yeah, I'm, that's what all those guys do, you know. They, they're just making money. Some way. <laughs> that's a lottery. Yeah, I, I wish we, we could be doing that, right? Being in basketball, making all this money. <laughs> yeah, hey, we will get there someday. So yeah, one day. Hoops and dreams. We're making history right now. Making history. Yeah, we one. are. Um, really quickly, I want to talk about Kelly Oubre. Okay, what about him? I like him. People, um, I was listening uh, to the Waggy great... 2.0. Wait, pardon me? Waggy 2.0. Oh, <laughs> but here's the thing I like about Ubre. You're 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 like a you you're you love shooting, right? I do. I love upside. Upside's my favorite thing. <laughs> and um, this kid has upside, like real upside, like upside. He I has, mean, he has upside, but he has he has a really low basketball IQ. Low basketball IQ, and he looks like he has some immaturity issues. And he, you know, you look at all these guys that have talent, but you know, have low basketball IQ or like questionable shot selection. And what is their ceiling? You know, J.R. Smith, Swaggy, you know, but like, they, they were um, Chad Ford was talking about this. Uh, shout out to Chad Ford one of my best resources for this stuff. Um, Chad Ford was talking about this. He was saying, like, Kelly Oubre, he has never really been coached. That sounds weird, but he's never been coached. And, like, he never watched, like... Washington with Randy Whitman. Remember him? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is the board. <laughs> no, but, I mean, he, that is a good situation. He can learn with John Wall and Bradley Beal, but he has incredible talent. You know, I was watching some his mixtape, and... You know, he he looked incredible. He looked awesome, you know, but I'm not super high on him. I mean, if, if the Lakers had gotten him late in the first round, I would have been excited to have him too, but I don't think he's like a real franchise manager yeah. or all-star, you know, maybe a, a nice role player. I got you. Like, I was playing 2K Association in the year 2025, and for those of you who don't know, Mr. Goin are 2K fanatics. Um, he's a more of a... He plays the games. I simulate everything and try and get to play the games. I try. I, I, I'm infatuated with the management position. But anyways, um, Kelly Oubre, he had like real, like A-plus potential, but he never really <laughs> maxed you. He, he only like he, his rating was only like a 73. So our, our podcast is now we're, we're basing our uh, judgment calls on two case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys, for those of you listeners, we uh, we have the complete experience of 2K views, fans' perspective, scouts' perspective, GM's perspectives. This is the place to be. So anyways, um, otherwise, there's not really much. Really quickly, um, we already talked about how we miss Bill Simmons. Yep. I like Jay Williams, but Bill Simmons is irreplaceable, I feel. Well, not irreplaceable, but we miss him. Um, Jalen's comparisons were – I don't even know. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> um. Fran for hey, do you remember that story about Nikola Milutinov that Fran Frischilla said? Like, he was bullied at the pool. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he quit, right? Fran <laughs> that's, Fran a, that's a real good sign for a basketball player. You quit because you were being bullied at the pool. <laughs> I like Fran. Um, he's short like me. Anyways, <laughs> is that yeah. a wrap? Fran, he knows the stuff. So, so credit to Fran. He knows about all those heroes for sure, all the international prospects. Yeah. Um, free agency's coming up soon. We'll talk about that some other time. 
Yeah, we'll be having a free agency podcast probably maybe, you know, closer to July 1st, July 2nd, kind of when that starts off. It's all kind of speculation right now. And, you know, it, it it's a, it's, it, it, it's an exciting time right now. So we're, yeah. we're looking forward to that. LaMarcus, come to L.A. if you're listening. Yes, LaMarcus, come to L.A. if you're listening. And for those of you listening, keep tuning in to the Hoops and Dreams podcast. With me, Joshua David, and Power Go. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I hope this was a successful run. First time, historic day. Great job. Yeah, great job to you too. It was definitely fun. Um, Good conversation. Bear, bear with us if uh, you know it wasn't perfect. First time, first time doing this, but it's definitely good, and it's definitely going to get better. We'll be expanding our brand uh, so, um, soon, so just keep tuning in. Just keep tuning in. We'll get our website up soon, and. Uh, the next Grantland right here. All right. Perfect. Um, the Asian Grantland. Asian Grantland. Grant All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a nice day. Bye.